monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G. And joining me as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? Okay, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fresh off a uh, recent relapse into the uh, novel coronavirus, COVID-19. Oh yeah, we all are, kind of. You know, I, yeah, you guys didn't test positive, but I don't know if those tests is 100% reliable. I mean, we all have the same house, and we all had symptoms, so... Yeah, but only I tested positive. We're in isolation. Yeah, which, you know, I will say this. We've had lots of shots. Shots, 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 shots. Vaccination! So, uh, it was, you know, again, very mild. Get your shots, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you So, what really sucks, <laughs> though, is that uh, you can start booking your fourth dose now, but you're supposed to wait three months after you've had COVID to book them. So, now we have to wait till like... Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that part. For maximum protection. So, maximum you know... Maximum protection. Maximum protection. Ripped for her pleasure. That is a completely different thing. Maximum protection. I guess protection. maximum protection ripped for her pleasure. Okay, yeah. Protection. What protection. is a vaccination protection. if not a condom for your blood? I just picture all these little condoms in my bloodstream going like meow, 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 meow. The Right of the Creature podcast does not condone putting pieces of rubber into your bloodstream. <laughs> if your erection lasts more than four hours, please so, contact a prostitute. We are two months late. So there's reasons. Let's get into it. Maybe Let's we were supposed to have watched this movie. Into what it. happened first? We watched half of it. Okay, we started the movie, yes. We watched half of it. Yeah, and, and then, then what happened? I got tired, so we turned it off, and then we lost it. Okay, I take issue with your wording. What? I did not lose it. Oh, really? Why are you blaming me because all Because we've sudden? already been through this. I, we know, okay, here's what happened, everyone at home. Oh, yeah, now I remember. <laughs> yeah, so every once in a while, Nicole starts to get antsy because she says the house is too messy. Fair enough. It's a little cluttery. It can be. We have a lot of cool stuff. So, oh yeah, I'm sorry for cleaning our freaking house. But here's the thing: she doesn't like. We don't clean the house, and she gets like that. She just kind of goes crazy and grabs a bunch of stuff in piles and moves the piles to various bedrooms. So my Blu-ray <laughs> copy of The Night Strangler was in a pile. Was on the coffee table. She scooped it up with a bunch of Brody's books and stuffed it in Brody's bedroom until I was looking for a book to read the children one night, and there it was, my copy of The Night Strangler on Blu-ray. Well, it was found, and the house got semi-cleaned. Yeah, she even found her passport and wedding ring, which she lost when we moved. <gasps> I've been missing those for almost a full year. Hmm. Like, whoa. Yeah. I found them. Hooray. What? What? But, but, but most what? importantly, we did in fact eventually find our copy of The Night Strangler. So then we were able to watch the film. And since then... Since then, you know, it's summer, there's been a heat wave, I've been working a lot, you've been working a lot, the kids were finishing school, it's been a whole thing. Yeah, life gets busy, folks. Uh, life, uh, yeah, well, it, well, it finds a way. We attempted uh, to, watch the, to watch the film and, and record the podcast, mm -hmm. and there you go, but uh, 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 we were uh, unable uh, to meet our <laughs> obligations. 
That's my Jeff Goldblum it's impression. It's pretty good. I Thank enjoy you, it. It's right? a little bit over the top. Well, so is Jeff Goldblum. Have you ever seen him talk? <laughs> um, yes. So, so this is up uh, almost three months though, late. I want to say, though, that I'm really glad that when we started watching it again after losing it, um, that we started it from the beginning because when we first watched the first half of it, I was so tired. And as we know, when I try to watch a movie when I'm tired, I do not enjoy the movie at all because I'm literally just trying to keep my eyes open and that's all I can focus on. And that's not enjoyable for me. No. Well, then why so, would you marry the most boring man alive? Um, as I try to teach you about things and go, oh, Nicole, did you know this? Can yeah. I tell you about the Luddites? I don't really know, Joey. I don't no, ask no, me no, no, those no. hard questions. Um, Math is but hard. when we started it over, because when we first watched the first half when I was tired, I was like, this is a boring police procedural. I am not enjoying this at all. And then when we restarted it, I was like, this is so enjoyable. And did you realize that, oh, this isn't a police procedural at all. In fact, he's not a policeman. Did you think he was a policeman the first no, time you watched it? No, it? but it runs like a police procedural. I don't think it does, but that's fine. But anyway, I found it way more enjoyable when I was awake, and I loved this movie. Yeah, it's great. So we watched uh, the second of the Kolchak TV films, The Night Strangler, directed by Dan Curtis, written by the great Richard Matheson, and starring Happy Gilmore, no, excuse me, Billy Madison's dad himself, Darren McGavin. It bothers me, though, that you picked the second one, and I'd never seen the first one, and then you'd explain some stuff to me. I explained one thing yeah, to you. Yeah, but that bothers me. Well, watch the first one. We have it, too. It's great. Well, no, I've already seen it. You haven't? Well, no, through you. You told me about it. All I told you was that at the end... Okay. Shh, don't. So, the movie is about Carl Kolchak, who is an investigative journalist who is now living in Seattle, having been run out of Las Vegas at the end of the previous film. All I told you was that he solved a mystery in the first movie, and then the newspaper people chased him out of town because nobody wanted to publish a story about vampires. That's all you needed to know. I think that there was more. No, there really wasn't. Anyway, his previous editor hires him once again to cover a series of serial killings that are taking place, all of the victims of which are exotic dancers... And they've all had their necks crushed, and a few ounces of blood has been drained. So that's cool. Oh, also they have rotting blood. flesh on their necks, yeah. Blood. So, uh, you know, Kolchak is on the trail. Uh, he talks to Wally Cox, Mr. Peepers himself, uh, who's a researcher in the, uh, the, the stacks of the library. And they discover similarities between these deaths and uh, a series of other murderers, murders throughout history occurring every 21 years beginning in 1889. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, figuring Curve out that ball. each time these Throw series of murders <laughs> take <laughs> place, it has about 18 days. So then they realize that they have to figure out who's going to be, uh, who, who's doing these killings before the time limit runs out and more women are killed, before the killer goes back into hiding for another 21 years. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So your main characters, you got Darren McGavin, Kolchak, who is just fantastic. So for those of you who don't know, how about a little bit of history first? And who is the the police the, guy? The cop? Uh, it doesn't really matter. That his that he's friends with. That's not a cop. Oh. The, his editor. Oh yeah, yeah, his editor. With? Yeah, that's Simon Oakland. He's great too. Those their, two bickering is really funny. Their chemistry yeah. and yelling at yeah. each other was so freaking funny. I yeah. loved it. I wish that Kolchak's chemistry with Joanne Flug, who is the his like sidekick, the stripper in this movie, who's helping him, 
she doesn't really have much, get much to do. No, and I it was really that was really disappointing to me because yeah. when they first introduced her and he, her like her like little she was great two minute scene you learn so <clears throat> much about her her personality really shines through in that yeah. moment. Don't interrupt me. I was agreeing with you, but okay. Just I just don't like to be. Like I, that. I was just saying yeah. So don't say yeah. Usually when you're having a conversation with somebody, you kind of go oh yeah 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 as they're talking. Yeah, but you sometimes go, yeah, and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't this time, so fuck off. <laughs> if I do, then go ahead and get mad at me. No, I'm, I need to nip it in the butt. Nip so, it in the bud, you idiot. It's I, not nip it in the butt. I think it's the funnier. Bud. You worked at a garden center. I think it's funnier to say nip in the butt. So what, what does that mean? Like biting someone on the ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue with your book report. Anyway, they, like... Her character and her personality really shines through in that moment, and then they give her nothing to do for the rest of the movie except for be cute arm candy with really crazy outfits. It was a different time. Yeah, TV movie in the 1970s. She definitely was uh, not uh, not well taken care of in this film. So I thought um, I would do a tiny little bit of history about the Kolchak franchise. Yes, please do. Uh, and that way, I, in, in it, I, I, I'll warn you ahead of time, I'm going to bitch about the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a moment, but then we'll move past it, and we'll continue with our book report. Do you think, like, putting your hand on my leg will make me less angry at having to hear this again? No, but it'll make me <laughs> much more turgid. What does that mean? <laughs> Never mind. Your hands are clammy. It's hot. Don't touch it's me. Hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's been in the middle of a hot streak. <laughs> I'm having hot flashes. So, the original Night Stalker was also a made-for-television movie in 1972. It was part of the ABC Movie of the Week. It was extremely popular. It was the highest-rated original TV movie in American television history at that time, with a 33.2 rating and a 48 share. So what does 48 share mean? That means 48% of televisions were tuned to that while it was airing. So, Holy shit. So that's why I'm comparing it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nowadays, we don't really have a ubiquitous thing that everyone in culture is aware of, right? Like, that everyone watches, that everyone talks about. The closest we really have would be, like, your Star Wars is your Marvels, those big movies, right? Right, okay. So this Jaws. was... That came out in 1975. <laughs> I don't know. Jaws was a big deal, right? Yeah, but... <laughs> you totally... Yes. Yes, Nicole, Jaws was a big deal. That's a great movie. My point being that, like, this thing was super popular. People loved it. Written by Richard Matheson, based on a novel by Jeff Rice. It was so good. It was simple. It was just a great mystery. It was probably made for, like, 30 bucks and change. Apparently it was made for $450,000. It spawned a second one. It's had an incredibly huge... What are you doing? What are you looking for? The baby monitor. Oh, I have it in my pocket, I think. No, I don't. I don't know. Do you have it? I gave it to you to bring down. Yeah, I thought I did. Pause. <laughs> oh, shit, the kids. Oh, no, it was in my pocket. All I was right. sitting on it. Thanks. Sorry, we need to check the baby. Hmm. Baby's good. Baby's good. Uh, this this series has had a huge legacy, and it's been cited as one of the primary inspirations for things like The X-Files, You know, which, again, was another massive television phenomenon. And and one of the last things that could be classified as that is towards the end of the X-Files run. TV, you mean? But just in general, like, like the biggest TV shows in the world now 
the ratings that they get for their like biggest episodes are around the same level of ratings that the X-Files was getting in its first season when it was the, like the second last show on the network and was almost going to get cancelled because no one was watching it. Is that streaming services? I think it's because there's so many more things to watch. There's there's mm. no like monoculture really anymore. Everything is just fractured and turned to steam. And also because, you know, audiences are far dumber because they've been spoon-fed things for sh- like shit like the Marvel movies for so many years. Uh, and, and, you know, you're allowed to like the Marvel movies. I like some of the Marvel movies. But my point is only that like in 2022, our monoculture, giant cultural events, our repetitive superhero movies based on stories that were invented to entertain uh, seven-year-old boys post-World War II. And in the 1970s, we got fucking Kolchak the Night Stalker with half of people watching it. And my point is, it was better then, and things suck now. Well, no, can I just make a you can like, say whatever you want. It's your podcast. opinion yeah. about the Marvel? Because I think that what draws some people to the Marvel movies is that rich history that it has. It's got a huge history, like you said, post-World War. Yeah, but I don't think anybody, I don't think most people who watch that know or care about that. And the movies certainly don't. I think the movies do a little bit. You do? Why? What do you mean? Like Captain America kind of gets into that history a little bit. I mean, it takes place in World War II, but it has nothing to do with the history of this medium. Or or in any way has anything interesting to say about the fact that these are literally regurgitated characters who are almost 100 years old that were, you know, designed to sell four-color treats to little children. And now, like, ours is the first generation who has refused to let go of their childhood popular culture and, and like, a lot of newer generation have popular culture. Like, we're insisting on our stuff from when we were childhood. And the weird thing is the stuff from our childhood, really, like... 90s X-Men stuff. Even the X-Men when we were kids was still already like a, a 50-year-old product. But anyway. I don't know. I think that kind of longevity and history is interesting. It's not that it's not interesting. It's just that the pro- the quality of the product is extremely low. The average quality... Like, I'm just saying, to quote... To paraphrase Alan Moore, if you plot the Night Stalker in the 1970s and, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home on a chart, the line's not going up. No, but I would I would argue that there's other things that are going up. Uh, I I can't think of many, but even if that's true, they're not the model. They're not the most popular thing in the world. No, I guess I thought I thought I think what I mean is like when we are talking about the integrity of art in a piece. Oh, there's always incredible art always being made at all yeah. times. But there have been times throughout history where massive mainstream cultural popular culture have also been extremely high quality and we are far from that now yeah that's fair you know, like our biggest monoculture things would be the night would be like the marvel movies i still like me some star wars but i would i would you know i'm not going to go out to bat and say these are really good i just i like them all right i think we've gone really far yeah off. marvel movies are bad i want to like them the Kolchak is awesome. i still want to watch the night stalker continue with your history that was basically all i wanted to say is that you know in the 1970s, the Night Stalker was really popular, and now Spider-Man fighting Captain America is really popular, and that bums me out, because I wish we had the Night Stalker, or something as good as the Night Stalker. Even if it was still Captain America fighting Spider-Man, I just wish it was as good as something like this, with an actual like artistic vision and like a competent execution, but that's just me. Anyway, the Night Strangler, um, I'm not going to go through the whole plot, because 
part of the joy of these movies is the specific plotting, but suffice oh, it to say... this is rare for us to not spoil a movie. Well, we're, we're going to spoil some of them. We're not going to just go beat by beat. Like, yeah. ultimately, they discover a, uh, a man who's been hiding in the Seattle Underground, which is also really cool, because the Seattle Underground actually does exist. There was a massive fire in Seattle. I don't remember exactly when, but, like, half the city is under... There's, like, a whole section of the city that is an abandoned city underneath the city. I yeah, and the set for this was amazing. It yeah. looked so interesting and so compelling. I really loved it. It's really neat. Like um, the streets got elevated, and so there's this whole unused city. I remember there's a science fiction like steampunk novel that I remember I read years ago. I think it's called Bone Shaker by <laughs> Sherry Priest, which is also it's one of the only other pop like uh, science fiction things I've ever read that was that used that like old Seattle underground as a setting. It was really cool. So there you go. There's your recommendation for the week. Read that book. It's pretty good. But yeah, they discovered there's a guy who's like a mad scientist. Uh, Richard Anderson plays him, who's been uh, killing these women and like draining their blood to make a life elixir. He's trying mm-hmm. to find the fountain of youth, basically. And he's found a way to use these women's blood to synthesize an elixir that will keep him alive for 21 years so that he can continue his research for 21 years until the next batch needs to be made. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and the movie ends with Kolchak being run out of town once again because, of course, the powers that be won't let this story get out. And uh, him and his his editor and his girlfriend, all three of them, are leaving and headed to a new city, which would have been a third movie. Yeah, there wasn't a third movie, So there wasn't a third movie. There was going to be a third movie, but instead, ABC opted for there to be a TV series. Instead, Kolchak the Night Stalker got a TV series. Darren McGavin was in it, but neither Dan Curtis nor uh, Robert Matheson were involved in the TV series. And uh, the plot of the third movie was going to be involved with, like, aliens and... Um, like covering up uh, alien invasion and stuff. So it sounds like it would have been really cool. I think it may have been turned into a... I thought I read somewhere that it had been turned into something else, but I don't know if that's true. So apparently the third one was going to have been called The Night Killers and would have been set in Hawaii. And it would have been, again, his editor hiring Kolchak to work for him, discovers another cover-up, this time involving a UFO and a power plant and people being murdered and replaced by androids, which sounds awesome! But ultimately, it was uh, not fit. So the story for that movie was written by Richard Matheson, but was completed by a novelist named William F. Nolan, whom I'm not familiar with, but he's got a nice set of glasses in this picture on Wikipedia. <laughs> Seems like a nice fella. But yeah, the film was never made, because ultimately they made the TV series instead. And then the TV series itself also got a reboot in the 2000s that lasted like three episodes before it got cancelled. wasn't good. I don't know. I've never seen it. I, oh. Part of me would like to see it. I think I've got some episodes of it somewhere, but the other part of me is like... It, to me, it's like the Rockford Files or Columbo. Every once in a while you hear that they're talking about rebooting Rockford or Columbo, and I'm like, oh, those are my favorite shows, that'd be great. And I think, it I don't know that it would it. be good. Like, would it be good? Like, I think because like, things like that that are so like dear to you, that it's really... It, you're going to be let down no matter yeah. what. And not only that, but like Peter Falk is Columbo. Without Peter Falk, what's the... It's not Columbo, it's karaoke Columbo. Jim Garner is Rockford. Without Jim Garner, that's not Rockford. And Darren McGavin. But there is a character in a couple episodes of The X-Files who is basically Kolchak, played by Darren McGavin, and he has the hat and everything. No I forget the name of the character, or the, and for that matter, the episode. But, like, yeah. So he plays another character that is, for all intents and purposes, Carl Kolchak in The X-Files, oh, okay. which is pretty cool. That is cool. But, yeah, so while I don't think that they should make a new Kolchak, they should make something like Kolchak. I think... 
like with movies like this and I'm having trouble thinking of any things specific to name right now but a character like Kolchak who's he's very charismatic and mm -hmm. entertaining um, he doesn't overpower the plot he doesn't overpower the story and it's yeah. you're more sort of like viewing it through his eyes but I'm trying to think of movies That's where like interesting. where like the the main character in a in a mystery like this is almost annoying and distracting from the plot. Like I can think of a really good modern example. Yes, please. Knives Out. I haven't watched that one. Yeah, well that movie sucks, and you're all stupid for liking it. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> in fact, no. the, but actually, to be fair, the only thing about that movie that I actually did like was Daniel Craig as that <laughs> character. But yeah, that is kind of an example, I think. But yeah, like. Who's not? I'm not thinking Ryan Gosling. How about I'm the thinking um, Ryan Reynolds. Yes, Ryan Reynolds in a lot of movies now is just Ryan Reynolds. He's Ryan, Deadpool. Yeah, he's yeah. just his character, his and it doesn't, and it just kind of detracts from the movie a lot of the time. It detracts yeah. from the plot. Sometimes it might actually be good because it's distracting from the fact that, that the there isn't is much of a plot, bad. like yeah. Free Guy or yeah. Deadpool. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Movies. Like these, these. It's very hard to walk that line of being a charismatic, yeah. compelling character um, and not overpower mm -hmm. uh, the plot, especially in a mystery movie. I like the Poirot movies that Ken Branagh has done. Yeah. I, I, well, okay, I haven't actually watched Death on the Nile yet. I liked Murder on the Orient Express quite a bit. I did too. Um, but I don't I don't have the history of Poirot that you do. That's fair, yeah. I don't like the Robert Downey Jr. Um, Sherlock movies. I but to be fair, I wouldn't like them even if he wasn't Sherlock. Like I think that he's a lousy Sherlock, and I think those movies suck. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's his fault they suck. I'm kind of grumpy when it comes to. Believe it or not, I'm kind of grumpy about a lot of things. But I'm particularly <laughs> grumpy about. I'm a bit of a purist. I think it's probably the better or snob if you prefer for Sherlock. I don't. I have never really liked a lot of modernizations of Sherlock. I kind of like Sherlock Holmes to be set in Victorian yeah, London, yeah, that's and fair. you know. It's okay to be snobby about things you love, I think. Yeah, like, you know, I, people are often saying, like, oh, man, you watch Sherlock? You would love Sherlock. And, like, people who write Sherlock are two of my favorite television writers. Didn't you like some of it, though? I watched a few episodes, and I was like, I can see that this is good, but I don't like it, because this isn't Sherlock Holmes. Mm. So it, maybe if they had just called it, like, you know what? So a, a good modern Sherlock that I did like for a long time was House. Oh, yeah. Because House was... He was based on Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. That's why his name is House instead of Holmes, right? Because it was similar idea, but it wasn't a Sherlock Holmes character. It was just like they took that archetype and made another show. So if they had called Sherlock, like, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and his... You know, Bumbershoot Cumberbottom and The Hobbit <laughs> run around and have adventures, I'd have been like, yeah, okay. It's bothering me that I can't think of more examples of modern mystery movies that like prove my point how about that I'm shitty saying. Adam Sandler one with Jennifer Aniston what was that movie called I remember I came in and I'm like why are you watching this you're like I don't know wasn't it, wasn't it actually called like murder mystery or something yeah yeah that looked terrible yeah okay I've heard that, that um, I heard that that new movie with The Rock and uh, Gal Gadot was really bad on Netflix I didn't watch it either though mm. that's the thing there's so many of them now and they're all just like vehicles for stars in a way like yeah, for, yeah. and not even for stars we were discussing the rock last night and how i think you know i still like the rock but i loved the rock and i don't like dwayne johnson quite as much because dwayne johnson even though the rock was a bigger gimmick like he was a character he was playing he was way cooler than this like smiling 
swollen penis man who's just like, Why hey, you everybody. Him a penis man? He l- look at the man. He looks like a big throbbing dick. Ew. With a shiny ew. black head. I'm never going to see anything else now that I look at him. Thank uh, you, you for you ruining watch him. The, the Fast and the Furious movies are just literally walking penises. They 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 got Joey. people who look like boners to drive the cars that are <laughs> like fucking dick extensions oh to drive around God. these long cylindrical <laughs> shiny no, and no. they got these muscular bald headed men to drive them around. You have to look like a penis to get cast in the movie. Ew ew! You just gave me like the heebie-jeebies. That's so gross. Well, I like those movies. <laughs> Sorry, I actually do like those movies. <laughs> I almost brought my pop out. Uh, but let's talk about Dan Curtis for a minute. Dan Curtis is the director of this movie that okay. we just watched, The Night Strangler, and he is no stranger to this podcast, despite what my co-host would have you believe. How is that? We have watched one of his films before. You have seen several. He was the director of a little movie called Burnt Offerings that you loved. I love Burnt Offerings. He's also the director of, and creator, I believe, if not the creator, he definitely worked for a long time on the soap opera Dark Shadows. I don't know that one. Uh, it was a, a soap opera that had vampires and shit. From 1968 to 69. Yes, I've definitely heard of this Random You're married thing. to me, asshole. <laughs> you think Be- I listened? They also fucking made a movie out of it with Johnny Depp like six years ago. Oh, it called Dark Shadows. Familiar. Yeah. So it was a soap. Take two. It was a soap oh, opera so. that uh, involved like vampires and shit. And this character Barnabas Collins was a vampire on this show. And he made there's a couple of movies that were made out of it. And then they made a movie of it with Johnny Depp, which was not terrible. But I'm wasn't a fan of the six of the oh, soap he did opera. Turn really, the I'm getting. He did a version of Turn Up oh, the Screw. Oh, not the one. I don't that think we the, one, watched. the one with he did the one with Lynn Redgrave. Which one did we watch? We watched the. Um, the, the Criterion one. The Criterion one, one uh, The Innocence? <laughs> yes, it's called? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's really good. That was made probably 40 years before this one. But he also directed a version of Dracula that I think is pretty good with Jack Palance as Dracula, who you might know as um, Curly from City Slickers, the cowboy old man. Well, I liked no. City Slickers when I was a kid. <laughs> but uh, the other one I was going to mention, because you have seen it, Nicole, is he directed Trilogy of Terror 1 and 2. Oh, and you love Trilogy of Terror with Karen I Black. Yeah, so he's made a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, if we're going to talk about Dan Curtis, we should also probably uh, talk about the great, the immortal Richard Matheson, one of the greatest Mm. authors of all time. Uh, You may know his novels from things like I Am Legend. So good. One of, probably, like, the best... One of the best vampire novels ever written. So good. I like. I read that so long ago. Like probably when we first got married in our first year of marriage, I probably read it, and it still sticks with me. Like, I that that the story is just so clear in my head. It's a perfect story. Which is which is why it's so weird that they've made it into three movies. And none of them are really any I've good. I've only seen one. So the original is the Vincent Price one called The Last Man on Earth, which I actually like. I don't think it's a great adaptation of the book, but it's right. It's okay. Is it more true to the story than it's I Am Legend? Clo- well, it's, well yeah, it's closer for sure. It's definitely closer. Then the second one was The Omega Man with Charlton Heston, which is not that close to the story. It's also a fun 70s science fiction movie, but it's not as good. Then there is the um, cinematic abortion that is the Will Smith I Am Legend, which just sucks. Oh my god, the vampires look like Lord Voldemort. They do. And, the and they missed the point completely. So, yeah. so apparently the ending of that movie was changed because test audiences didn't like the ending. Oh, it's sad. It's like, yes, yeah, stupid. But people are, are, like, are stupid. I, I think that 
there's so many movies that give you that Hollywood happy ending. We need more variety, please. Like, yeah. if you only live on cream corn and mashed potatoes... Imagine your poop. I don't know where I'm going with this. I really I like... Care. I love cream you corn do. and mashed potatoes. Choice, but, but if that's all you ate... Well, it's bizarre, too, because you think about... It would be good for you. You hear about how, like, oh, man, now there's more shows and movies than ever. There's, like, a trillion things every day that are coming out. And they're all exactly the fucking same, and they all suck. It's so frustrating. Yeah. What's the point of there being, like, 800 streaming channels and everything you've ever dreamed about getting a movie, getting a movie, if it's all going to be the same movie and be shitty and boring? <laughs> well, we just went... We just took a nosedive into depression. <laughs> everything sucks. It's like that episode of South Park. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking about that today, actually. What is the... I don't even remember you, the plot. It's like, everything's shit. Yeah, everything is shit. And Jim Carrey lives in an apartment with four turds. Who cares? You're going to watch it. Uh, but uh, then he also wrote The Incredible Shrinking Man, which is a fantastic novel that was turned into a... It's really good. It was turned into a really good movie as well. Also in the Criterion Collection. Because he, he's written a lot of um, sci-fi as well. Sci-fi. You wrote a lot of Twilight Zone episodes. Oh, okay. Because I, um, I remember you giving me a Richard Matheson book when I was really getting into sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read that one because I read... Um, Robert uh, J. Sawyer's Humans. No, no. After that. Oh, I don't know. The one... Not, not Scanner Darkly. Oh, yeah. You read Scanner, um, Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Yeah, I read a Scanner Darkly. Darkly. That That's great. what I read instead. Yeah. But what was the Richard Matheson one you gave me? Do you remember? Hell House. Oh, that's more of a horror, right? You would love Hell House. Oh, my God. Yeah, Hell I House is it. Richard Matheson's 1970s update, basically kind of sort of remake of The Haunting of Hill House. See, maybe that's why I haven't read it, because I love Haunting yeah, of Hill so House. Yeah, so do I. And you know what? Haunting of Hill House is better, but the Hell <laughs> but Hell House is so good. And Hell House also has a bunch of movies. It has a movie. Hell House. <laughs> called I think no, I think it's called The Legend of Hell House. I think. I oh, haven't so I, I haven't actually seen that one. Okay. We'll have to do it someday. He also wrote Stir of Echoes, which was made into a movie with Kevin Bacon called Stir of Echoes. He wrote um, Hell House, like I said. He wrote What Dreams May Come, which was made into a movie. Uh, no, no. <laughs> you it did, it did not sound like you Wet said. Wet Dreams May Come. That's the name of That's a birthday boys. Well, there's a birthday boys episode called "Wet Dreams May Come," but "What Dreams May Come," <laughs> he wrote. But he also wrote like some really good episodes of The Twilight Zone. Which he wrote, ones? oh, uh, he wrote Third from the Sun," um, uh, "Steel." The the movie "Real Steel," the Hugh Jackman movie with the boxing robots, is also based on a Richard Matheson story. Yeah, he Nicole. He wrote a ton of Twilight Zone. The doll. I. He wrote a story called The Doll. Yeah, do you know what that is? Did you watch American's Amazing Stories in the 80s? Oh, that's not a... Uh, no, it's a short story. I know, but have you read it? Do yes. You know, what's it about? A doll? <laughs> You're such an idiot. Wait, I think I've read it. Let me just look it up. Will you keep talking? <laughs> God. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he wrote, like, all... He wrote the Trilogy of Terror stuff. He wrote Button Button, which was turned into a movie and was also a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, he wrote the Gremlin on the Plane episode oh, of Twilight Zone. Did he Zone. really? Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's written like a trillion things and his short fiction is all just it's really good he has, there's a ton of his short fiction collections you can get there was a more recent collection called Nightmare at 20,000 Feet that I'd recommend uh, he wrote the story Duel that uh, Stephen King not Stephen King um, Steven Spielberg made into his first movie Duel with the trucker that's based on a, right. Richard, on a Richard Matheson story what are those Christmas collections called that you bought me? The short stories. 
the modern class. Well, no, that's not the one you're thinking of then. He because those stories were all like Victorian era, like oh, okay. Richard Matheson didn't write one. I know what you're thinking about, but yeah, no, that was a woman. Who wrote I read that story. another story that might have been F. Marian, that might have been F. Marion Crawford. It was. Yeah. It was a woman. No, that's Jaws three D. Yes, he did write Jaws three D. Joey. Yes, we've come full circle. He wrote Jaws three. <laughs> he wrote all of the um, or most of the 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 Edgar Allan Poe series that Roger Corman made at AIP, like Pit and the Pendulum, House of Usher. We Usher's. watched those in school. They're so good. Yeah, I remember um, even really liking them. And yeah. even at that time, I did not like old things at all, and I liked them because yeah. I also just love Edgar Allan Poe. He also wrote Loose Cannons, the Gene Hackman Dan Aykroyd movie. That's weird. Anyway, yeah, he wrote a ton of stuff. He's great. If you haven't read any of his stuff, you should really read Richard Matheson. You should really watch Dan Curtis. You should really watch <laughs> the movies that Darren McGavin is in. You should watch Kolchak. You should do all those things. Uh, you should, uh, I don't know, send me all your money. So, we are releasing this in July, near the end of July. Yeah. Um. So, next um, month that. is... Can you not? She does a lot of stuff with her hands. Can you she... not mimic me? I have talked to you about this so many times, and now I'm angry. So many times, and now I'm angry. Go ahead, finish your book report. You can talk. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you want to say. Next month is my pick. Great. And we are watching Ghost Watch. Yes. Do you know anything and about it? Yes, I am so excited to watch this one. It's been on my list for a long time. It was originally released in 92, yes. 94. 92. 92 uh, on the BBC. BBC One for Halloween. Yeah, and it was like a this news news station did a Halloween special where they sent investigators to the most haunted house in the <laughs> town. I, I'm sorry, I like that you just called the BBC this news station. It's the BBC, hun. Yeah, this news BBC station. BBC One. Um, <laughs> I promise that she's like ten times more brilliant than me. Even what? Why do you have to tell that to Because people? sometimes when you say I don't care if people some news station. I don't care if people think I'm smart or how I come across. Well, I think you're very smart, and I just want them all to know that I wouldn't be caught dead with a dullard, <laughs> and you are no dullard. I think it's also funnier. Oh, you're doing comedy now, so it was on purpose that you called the BBC that no, news station. Not yeah, I didn't think so. Um, so they send reporters to the most haunted house. In somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Are you helping me with this? Britain? I don't know. Wherever this news station is. <laughs> yeah. Wherever <laughs> the news station, the BBC is. Um, it doesn't matter where they send Belgian. it. Belgian. What? Belgian no, channel. Nicole. Okay, I'm just looking at words <laughs> now. Okay, let me start over. Take two. No. Um, it's a, so, horse in, a house in London. A house in London. And... It was totally played real, like all the scary yeah, it's shit a fake was going documentary. down. Yeah, but they played it as a real piece of news, like a fake documentary. And it, like, people were uproared about it. It was banned for a long time. It upset so many people. I am so excited to dig into the controversy of this to watch it for the first time. It's a documentary, but yeah, I'm gonna watch that. I'm just like really, really excited. I've for heard this nothing one. but good things about this. I'm looking forward to it. I guess the story is based on the tale of the Enfield Poltergeist, so that's kind of fun. The trailer looks freaky yeah. as hell. I Heard love things. scary shit. Written by Stephen Volk, directed by Leslie Manning. Uh, it was produced for the BBC anthology series Screen One. So you know, I'm such a it. sucker for things like this that have a lot of controversy around them. And sometimes I'm a, let, like, yeah. a bit let down. Like when I tried to read American Psycho, I did not like it. It's because it's but, boring. Yeah. 
And the movie's actually better. I, I want, I'm, I'm curious to hear about this controversy, too, because, like, it's one of those things where you always hear about how Orson Welles' War of the Worlds had all these people freaked out, even though, like, they never said it wasn't... They, they didn't say, this is real. Like, it was still advertised and presented as a work of fiction. People just don't pay I don't, attention. I think this was presented as 100% I don't true. think that's true because it was presented for an actual TV series called Screen One in its regular time slot on Halloween night. Like, I don't think that they were pretending that these were the real, like, were, this was like a real BBC report. No, I think they were, Joey. We will see, but I sincerely doubt it. Well, I think I'm right. I think you want to be right, but I don't think that's the same. Shut up. We're watching Ghostwatch for August. Look at this. I've already blown you wide open. Although Ghostwatch was aired under the Screen 1 drama banner, the style led many viewers to believe it was real after it was aired. So it was still said, like, yeah, no, this is the Screen 1. This is that, uh, you know, that anthology show that we air every week. People were still like, but this one's real. I love things like this. Yeah. I lo I'm really looking forward to it because I'm hoping it's going to be like Noroi, which is my favorite. The more we've talked about this off the yes. podcast, but since watching Noroi, that has like become my favorite horror movie of all time. It's definitely the best found footage horror I have ever seen. Yeah, and I love the found footage genre. It's you don't from, well the, as much. I know that it's. I think that all horror stuff is more hit and miss for me. I, I love stuff, but like I, I have less blanket love for the genre than you yeah. do. You know, that's I, fair. I like a lot of stuff in it, a ton of stuff in it, but that. Doesn't mean I like everything in it. And I'm, like, I have well reached my limit of, like, schlocky 80s horror and slashers. Like, I am good. I don't need to see another slasher ever outside of this podcast. Oh gosh, I'm over I it. I love it. I'll watch it forever. The other day when you're like, let's watch Chopping Mall. I'm like, I've seen Chopping Mall once, which frankly is two times too many. <laughs> like, But, Joy, I don't think you have, like, a blanket love for anything. and that's Old film noir. But that's like one of the things I love yeah, about you is that you are really nice critical idea. and of of the things you love, and you have very specific reasons for liking or disliking the things you like, and you think oh. a lot about them. And that's one thing I really I think love that's, about you. That's very sweet of you. I do think that I'm as guilty as anybody else about liking. I think for me, one of the things that I tend to really, really like is things that other people don't really, really like. I know that about myself. If a thing is, like, forgotten... Like, I went on a fucking two-hour rant about how much better the Night Stalker was than the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe just because the Marvel movies are popular and nobody I know wants to watch Night Stalker with me except for you. <laughs> like, I don't know. I do really genuinely like the Kolchak movies, but, like, I don't know. You, Maybe uh, I don't want these things to come back. Maybe I would be much happier if, yeah. if uh, I can just feel smarter and smug. Yeah, I think you are. All right, let's go smoke some weed. All right, everybody. Um, <laughs> until next time, I am the creature, Joey G. And I'm the bride, Nicole. I've lost my mouse cursor, but you all stay scary while I find it. Uh -huh. Would you like me to tell you some more interesting things about stuff?